You're listening to Advancing Our Church. Welcome to Advancing Our Church, a Changing Our World podcast about Catholic stewardship, leadership, and advancement. And I'm your host, Jim Friend. Well, welcome back, everybody, and thanks for downloading our podcast today. On behalf of Changing Our World, we hope that you and your loved ones are managing through this time of social distancing. At Changing Our World, we've been very busy all week, helping our clients to manage this new reality that we all find ourselves in. And you know, I had another show planned for today, which I'll air at a later date, but I wanted to offer what I hope will be a helpful conversation for you about how to engage parishioners during this unusual time. And so today's show is dedicated to our pastors and our parishioners. So without further ado, let's get to work. Well, welcome, everybody. We're glad to have you here on our podcast today, where our topic for the day is COVID-19 and uh, the situation that we all find ourselves in under quarantine with businesses closed, parishes, dioceses closing uh, around the country. And uh, we've, we've gathered a great team of consultants here with tremendous, just decades of experience in working with parishes around the country and dioceses around the country uh, on their communication and their fundraising strategies. Just want to offer some uh, some opportunity today to talk about uh, some strategies and some solutions to what we're all managing through. Uh, and uh, so I brought together um, Mike Hutchinson, uh, who's a managing director for Changing Our World. Welcome, Mike. Thanks for having me, Jim. Good to be here. And Mary Beth Martin, you're a senior managing director for Changing Our World. Welcome to the podcast. It's your first time. We're glad to have you, Mary Beth. Thanks so much, Jim. Really happy to join. We also have Sean Trahan, who's a senior managing director for Changing Our World, uh, returning once again to our podcast. Welcome, Sean. Thanks, Jim. Certainly a pleasure to be here as well. And of course, Tom Farrell. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. Tom is a senior managing director for Changing Our World. Welcome, Tom. Thank you, Jim. So as we begin our conversation uh, about communication strategies, you know, setting kind of the tone here that uh, we know that there are folks who are kind of feeling their way through this situation. This is a first for all of us. And so I think as we talk about the situation, certainly we're, uh, we want to use the best ideas we have around communication, but, you know, we also want to recognize the fact that there's a, certainly a learning curve that all of us are going through during this new situation. And before, uh, before we get into the conversation, I just want to encourage our listeners that uh, on Wednesday, uh, the CW podcast will drop uh, an episode, uh, which was a webinar that we held on Friday about the economy, about COVID-19, how it is impacting the economy, philanthropy, and some forecasting. And we have uh, just some terrific guests on that. So I want to encourage you for a more in-depth look at the economy uh, and philanthropy, and even the healthcare field, uh, tune in to our CW podcast on Wednesday. But uh, let's get started with our little roundtable here about uh, about communication strategy. So, team, if I'm a if I'm a pastor, if I'm a parishioner, you know, and I, I want to help my parish, I want to stay connected to my parishioners. Where do I get started? I think first of all, really convening your campaign volunteers or your campaign ambassadors, and just really uh, checking with them, checking their pulse to see hear more about their recommendations, ideas, concerns as well, and obviously devising a strategy that works best for the team. However, from where we sit, certainly the best communication is keep moving forward as best we can, but also as we're going out to speak with others, we want to be sensitive. We want to be mindful of what's going on and certainly acknowledge um, that everyone is going through these times together and that, you know, together we're going to come out stronger on the other side. Beginning that conversation 
certainly volunteers, the pastors uh, should be mindful of not moving right into the conversation about the state of the parish or a capital campaign, really making it more conversational and really showing uh, compassion and just really trying to get an understanding of how that particular family feels. And if appropriate, then moving on with how can we continue with the campaign and are they willing to support the campaign? But again, just acknowledging the current state in which our country is in and making the best decision depending on how that conversation flows in terms of next steps. Yeah, Sean, this is Mike. I, I had a really great piece of advice given to me this week, and I want to pay it forward. They recommend in communications, especially today, you always want to start and end the conversation with asking someone how they're feeling and how things are going. So we want to start there recognizing that everybody's impacted in a different way. And especially if you're a pastor reaching out to your parishioners, just take a couple of minutes to find out how they're feeling, where they are, do they have everything that they need? Are they feeling well? And and sort of setting the, the stage that way. And I think that works in a one-on-one capacity, but also as you're starting communications on a parish-wide basis. And so we want to pass along any messages from the diocese that are important. We want to sort of level set and really help people hopefully adjust to this because we don't know how long we'll be in this situation. And no one wants to jump right into a conversation about giving, but that could change very quickly. And, you know, here we are just a week into, um, you know, being, I don't want to use the word quarantine. I don't know what the official word is, uh, but it's it's already starting to feel a little bit normal. And so as that continues, and I think that the types of conversations that we're able to have will broaden because we've got somewhat of a captive audience and some people, frankly, might be looking for things to talk about or people to talk to. I think that's so true, Mike. Um, you know, I was talking with a client yesterday. Sometimes our, our natural instinct is, well, you know, everybody's going through this. They don't want me to bother them. They don't want me to, to call. I, I wouldn't know what to say. But people, uh, the clients that we're working with right now who are taking the initiative to reach out to their donors or their parishioners are finding a, a very warm uh, reception on the other side of that phone that people appreciate the opportunity for a check-in. They appreciate that you cared enough to call. And so it's a great opportunity, you know, if you have like a helping hands committee or you have a service committee uh, in your parish uh, for for that group, just d- divide up the uh, the phone list. Start with those maybe who you would on a weekly basis offer communion to and do a little bit of a, of a phone call touch base with your elderly or your homebound um, and then work your way out to maybe your elderlies and uh, folks. And, and also the um, even from a school standpoint, I think there's a great opportunity for Catholic schools uh, to cultivate their their families, uh, those families that might be on a free lunch program or maybe struggling in other ways. You know, are there ways in which we as parishioners can lend a hand during this time? Because certainly uh, people will remember that um, and they remember uh, that you cared enough to reach out to them. I think that's so true in terms of the personal touch and the outreach and, and um by the time you're sitting down in front of someone down the road in the future, if you're talking about funding, that what happens today and some of those touch points is going to be so important. And so just picking up the phone and calling those, those elderly parishioners who are used to being at Mass every day and don't see you or utilizing the volunteer capacity of your students to deliver groceries to, you know, those who are housebound and can't get out or, you know, now feel too nervous to get out. There are so many things that a parish community does to support a constituency that I think that now is the time for all of those activities to really ramp up. And 
put your arms around your your constituents and 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 make sure that you're providing them what they what they really need to feel part of a community because that's what they've really lost I think is that sense of community. You know, so many folks learn about what's happening in their parish when they come to mass. Uh, what parish announcements, you know, picking up the parish bulletin that's missing right now. I'm sure a lot of them feel like they still have this obligation to uh, attend church and parishes that have the ability to live stream the mass. I, I think it would be a great connection that could be made to, to people and families that are looking for that, especially in these trying times right now. You know, as we as we talk about this, you know, I think we're, we're reminded that uh, we didn't stop being church because we were all told to stay in our homes and not go out in public, right? We're we're more of a virtual church, we're more of a spread out church, but we're still the community of believers. We're still the church, and so uh, it's during these times I think that people really find that uh, they get creative, right? And um, as I heard someone say recently, it's okay to fail. So if you try something and it doesn't work, that's okay. We're all feeling our way through this situation because it's unprecedented. But it's the effort that kind of goes into it and, and the opportunities that we that we try to pursue that, that uh, are important to people, that they know that they're appreciated. And I think when you start from that place of, of caring and, and a very personal approach, I mean, eventually you can get to a conversation where you can remind people that if people want to help, uh, you tell them all the ways that they can help. One of the ways that they can help is to make sure they continue their weekly support of the church if they're able to. And so you don't necessarily want to leave with that. There are many ways that we can engage people and they can give of their treasure, but just reminding them because everyone's minds are on a lot of different things that we don't normally have to worry about. Thinking about your envelope and the fact that you're not putting it in a basket on Sunday may not be top of mind, but when reminded, I'm sure a lot of people will be happy to do that. And so just um, a gentle reminder and then finding the right channel to be able to do that. As Tom said, when, when people aren't in the pews, they're not necessarily taking that bulletin home with them. Um, you know, know your community and know how you can reach them. If you're on social media or web, that's fantastic. But if you're not, even a short letter out to everyone, whatever you think people will be most likely to uh, to pick up and engage with, then that's the best delivery for you. So if I can just jump in here, we actually have a parish campaign underway in one of the dioceses, and they are probably six to seven weeks into their timeline. And we had a call on this past Monday just to, to convene the committee in terms of what the next steps are. And one of the volunteers chimed in and stated, you know, as we continue to devise our strategy here, I want everyone to keep in mind that although the bishop sent out a notice that particular day stating that masses were suspended, et cetera, the volunteers stated, you know, it's a shifted format. Mass is not canceled was his exact word, you know, the word canceled. Then our parish community is really still strong and really caring for one another. So that parish is actually utilizing this time, of course, for some solicitations as appropriate, but really just sort of shifting their focus to make outreach calls. And so just as Mike stated, it's, you know, an opportunity, just how can we help? Um, That's really the message that volunteers will convey over the next several weeks. That's a great point, Sean, and I and I think um, let's let's uh, let's dovetail a little bit into our conversation, uh, maybe around fundraising, because um, while we we are always all about the mission first, and we're about the gospel and and uh, about our faith, uh, we also have to remember that uh, money is an essential part of that mission. One of the great opportunities that bishops and priests I've seen even on Facebook are doing you know live streams of their masses, which is tremendous. 
There's also an opportunity perhaps to put uh, a donate link out there and just, you know, remind people mm-hmm. that there is that opportunity to sign up for online giving. Um, maybe a parishioner who might just uh, post uh, a link to the online giving on their Facebook page and tag some of their fellow parishioners and say, hey, you know, let's just remember to support our parish during this this time because we know that when this is all over, there's still bills to pay, there's a light bill to pay, salaries to pay, and in some cases, parishes that are supporting schools. Um, you know, it's just uh, we, we're not, we have to remember that we're not asking for ourselves, we're asking for our parish community and and so being a little bit bold in, in that sense, I think, is important as well. You know, Jim, I think that's very true. And I, I know that a lot of parishes have the ability for online giving, perhaps not used in its capacity. But as Tom was mentioning, even even letters out to the community to let them know um, what's, what's happening. I mean, it could be that there's a that there's a communication that effectively touches on some of the news that is, that is shared weekly and also, you know, softly points out the opportunity to continue to make your contribution through the online donation. Um, I have found myself in the past that actually people do look at those envelopes and think about the fact that they're not giving them. I mean, it's funny that envelopes can engender so much um, um, care and concern, and yet I find the envelopes can be very important in and of themselves because they represent the support that's going to best. So I think people will worry about that and, and providing them avenues to think about how they can continue to support their church and be that a note, be that through some volunteer calling, et cetera, I think would be very welcome within the community. I think the circumstances today, you know, with the coronavirus kind of shows the importance of parishes having cell phone numbers and email addresses to be able to communicate today. Oftentimes when we collect parish data to run appeals or campaigns, a lot of that information is missing. So maybe after a circumstance like this, it will enhance or at least motivate parishes to to get those avenues in place so they can stay in touch with their people. Yeah, absolutely, Tom. And I would just add to that, hopefully all the dioceses out there are doing a good job of communicating with their parishes and communicating what we're talking about, how the diocese can help in these situations. Every parish is, I think, in a different position. And if you are one who is struggling financially or otherwise, don't be afraid to reach out to those parishes around you who are maybe able to help. If you're a parish that's in a really strong financial position and maybe you're not worried about your operating income right now, this is a great time to reach out to others around you or to begin highlighting the work that maybe Catholic Charities is doing on the front lines or other Catholic organizations. Find ways that you can use your resources to to the betterment of all. And I think if we do that, then we'll be able to come through this just fine. I agree, Mike. And I think um, it's also a great role for the laity, right? So, you know, if the pastor is reaching out with uh, a message of how can I help you uh, and his parishioners, it's a great role for the finance committee. Let's remember that when we do a, a stewardship initiative or an increased offertory campaign, that it's typically we ask the lady to stand up there with the pastor and to help make that ask. So uh, if you're, you know, a letter like that coming from the president of the pastoral council, along with the chairperson of the finance council, uh, just reminding people or an invitation to sign up for online giving at this time, or even to mail in their envelopes or drop them off in the mailbox would be appropriate and a great role for laity to stand up and say, yes, we've, we've got to take care of our parish. I don't think there's going to be a, an organization, there isn't going to be an organization in this country that isn't impacted by this, right? So whether it's two weeks or if, whether we're off for a month of masses, that's going to leave a, a hole in everybody's budget. So 
being proactive at this point in the game is only going to help you down the road because at some point we're going to have to play a little bit of catch up. And even when we do have everybody back together, maybe even ask them to consider making a special gift to make up for some of the lost offertory that is going to happen during this time. I think it's just a good time to remind everyone that we don't want to assume we know what people's circumstances are. And and just as many are going to be very impacted by this in, in a difficult way, I think there are others that will we'll be in a strong position and we want to give people that opportunity. So make sure that you, you're not afraid to have those conversations and, and use it as an opportunity to start dialogue. If someone's not able to help, maybe you find out more about their personal situation and maybe there's a way that you can help or you can connect them to someone else that can. And maybe others are in a, a bigger position to support at this time. So don't be afraid of having those conversations. And, and like Jim said earlier, I think you you don't want to withdraw. You can't really reach out too much and, and connect with people too much at a time like this. I think, uh, Mike, that's true. And I think one of the things that we've learned from past experience when there have been challenging economic times and after 9-11 or in 2008, 2010, is that the organizations that really are at the core of people's lives, their church, their schools, um, the places that they really consider their communities are the ones that they will continue to support. And it might not be to the extent that they were previously, but they will stay close. And you, and, and in turn, it's, I think, the obligation of the, the church or the school to stay in touch with them and close to them as well. But, but that support will continue. It's just a question of, you know, when, when, when can we really get back to business as usual? And I don't think anyone knows that. But in the meantime, certainly, I think people want to do all they can to keep those critical organizations in the community strong. What are you all seeing in the news or with your clients right now as creative ways in which people are reaching out to each other during this time? Uh, any stories that you want to share? Uh, Jim, I saw a great story of a young high school boy who decided he was home from school and his whole day wasn't taken up with his schoolwork. And he realized that so many elderly members of the community weren't able to get out to the store. So he went out there and put a message out that he was happy to do any errands that people wanted. And he's been out there buying groceries, delivering them, you know, running to the pharmacy. And, you know, I think in addition to the fact that he is providing a service that people are so touched and happy to see him and touched that he had this inclination, then it's just been a really wonderful um, result for both uh, this young man and the folks that he's, that he's helping. So I saw on uh, Facebook, one of our parishioners, she's actually the music director for our parish. She did a little piano concert for us on a live stream on Facebook, just so that we would all have something different to watch on the news, which I thought was kind of cool. A lot of people are doing kind of some creative things like that, just to break it up, uh, silly videos or just, you know, just uh, opportunities for us to take our minds off of this, because there is a, a lot of... A lot of maybe some maybe more downtime than people are used to, or more time uh, where they can get a little bit claustrophobic or get cabin fever. Recently on the news, as we all know, the, the schools are impacted. Seniors don't know, you know, whether there will be graduation or not. How does that impact their their lives moving forward? I saw a celebrity who um, via social media um, to uh, anyone who was scheduled for an up- upcoming, you know, basically a spring play in their school or college and lost the opportunity to uh, showcase all of their hard work. 
And so she's encouraging them to, you know, move forward with it. But, you know, obviously in someone's home or in another setting and, and send us the video over to her and she'd be more than happy uh, to watch it. So I thought that was certainly a positive, um, you know, approach for the, the kids who are, who are out there struggling, not really knowing what their next move is. Any other ideas on how uh, folks can use technology uh, to um, to connect with one another? We know uh, we've seen a lot of online videos and such, and we've talked a little bit about email. But uh, anybody uh, seen anything else there out in the field on on the use of technology? Well, I have to say, Jim, one thing that was kind of nice is I've seen people celebrating. I had a birthday uh, last week and wasn't able to go out to dinner. We had to cancel a dinner with some friends. And so we just did a virtual um, dinner and we all got on and we all were chatting by phone throughout for about an hour while we all had our dinner. And I've seen that happening a lot more where groups are getting together by phone or Zoom or, you know, a web a, a webinar, whatever it is. Sometimes it's just voice and sometimes it's voice and picture, but just spending time talking. And I have to say that it was a great experience when I did it. And I think that it really can keep you connected and share stories about what you're going through, what your family's doing, what your kids are doing. And that was a that was a nice uh, a nice celebration. I love that, Mary Beth. And I think that's something that we can do with the different ministries of the church all throughout this crisis. I think that we can continue to have those meetings. We can lend the, the structure and the normalcy it provides, but also to keep communicating. And so if you have to do it by, by teleconference, that's fine. If you want to use some free tools that are available, like Google tools to be able to to add video in, I think that's even better. But we need to, to stay in touch with the people that we care about and, and the people that are important in our communities. And so there are so many ways to do that. I'm sorry your dinner was canceled, but glad you got to spend some time with friends anyway. Yeah, happy birthday. It happy was... belated birthday. <laughs> Thank you. It was a lot of fun, actually. And I think we were ahead of the curve because now I've heard about a lot of groups doing that. But when we did it, it felt very fresh. <laughs> well, we're fortunate. It's an amazing world that we're able to see each other electronically and still talk to one another. And Mary Beth, you said uh, it was a one-hour dinner, and uh, I just think that that's phenomenal. You're still able to do that and still, you know, connect with your friends and have some laughter and, and some joy. That's right. You know, one of the other things that we're seeing uh, with our clients is uh, recognizing that there's going to be a lot of need uh, once we do come out of this uh, this pandemic during this this time of, of shutdown. And so we're actually seeing some clients, one that has already put together a, a COVID-19 fund to fund things like scholarships, uh, folks that are going to be homeless, that uh, have lost several weeks of income. You know, think of all of the restaurant workers, all the retail workers who may be part-time. You know, we know that there's been a big curb on putting people on full-time. And so many people work up to 30 hours a week, but they don't quite get those full-time benefits. So they may not have the benefit of receiving a salary when they're not working. And so many social service agencies and and dioceses around the country are starting to think about that uh, now uh, to put that in place. And there are people who who are being generous. You know, I was uh, working with one of my clients this week. We got a $100,000 gift on our campaign, which we're very excited about. And people will recognize a need and so, you know, I, th I think just like we always say, don't be shy to, to ask. And that is the kind of reality I think that we're all going to come out of this uh, the very short-term needs. Where we're, many of our campaigns, when we do these campaigns, deal with the longer term around endowments or building or something that's going to help the parish or the diocese for the next 10 years. This COVID-19 is going to be something that's of a more immediate need. And there are donors who will recognize that need 
and will want to uh, to invest in that and and to to help people out because it, it's something that has hit home with all of us. And Jim, I just wanted to add that um, I had a, a nice experience this week as well as you did with receiving the hundred thousand dollar gift of um, talking to a donor who shared that they would be making a gift out of their donor advised fund because that money is already set aside for charity. And she said, I wouldn't be able to do this out of my, my resources, my, my stock investments, because they've taken such a hit, but I can make a gift out of my donor advised fund. So I think there will be individuals who are thinking that way, that those resources are there and they're already earmarked for charity. And I think that it'll be actually a wonderful resource moving forward. Well, great. Folks, I just want to thank you all for joining us for this little roundtable discussion. Thank you, Tom, Mike, Mary Beth, and Sean for sharing your wisdom today. You know, we're going to be in this situation for a little while, and this probably won't be the last podcast that we do to talk about strategies to work through this situation. So, uh, in fact, uh, just for our listeners, uh, we may actually be doing more than one podcast a week as we see the need to put out new information and, and hopefully things that are helping you to uh, keep your missions alive and vibrant and, and moving forward. So uh, from all of us at Changing Our World and in the Advancing Our Church podcast, just want to thank you all for, for joining us today. Thank you all for being with us, too. I want to thank our consultants for being on our show this week. I hope you found at least one useful tip during this conversation. On next week's show, we'll continue to bring you helpful information about how to manage through this crisis. Well, that's our show this week. Many thanks to the Change in Our World podcast team and the Pottery Studios for their support of our show. If you'd like to leave a comment about today's show, please visit us at advancingourchurch.com and click leave a voicemail. We'd love to get your feedback. If you'd like more information about our show, please visit us at AdvancingOurChurch.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Advancing Our Church is a production of Changing Our World, and we are a fundraising and social impact consulting firm that has been advising both nonprofits and corporations for the past 20 years. For more information, please visit us at ChangingOurWorld.com. Well, that's it for me, everybody. Have a great week. Stay well, and thank you for all you do to advance the mission of our church. God bless.